everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Tunes. Today we have with us Cade Bradley joining us from Ohio. Welcome, Cade. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for doing the takeover as well. You shared some interesting things with us on the story. One, your favorite brand of guitar, um, which I think is a lot of artists would agree with you, it being the Taylor guitar. Why is that your favorite? You know, um, they just kind of took over here in the last 15, 20 years. I know yeah. I talk to my papa a lot about that. My Uncle Terry, they're big on you know, Fender and all these other different guitars. And Taylor's just the biggest thing going on right now. It just sounds, just sounds awesome. So, you know, I taught myself how to play about, um, you know, probably four years ago. Um, yeah. 17, get ready to turn 18, so about three and a half years ago, and and um, it was like my dream to uh, to have that guitar. So, you know, um, I've had that for a couple of years now. I got my name slapped across the front of it, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it out. So. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought that was pretty cool that you had your name um, across it. What do they call? I'm sorry, I'm not a guitar player, obviously. What are they? Is that the the neck? Is that what yeah. they call that? Neck and uh, so, but the front of it is like the the fret, you know, the fretboard's right. like yeah, different frets, so you can you know, throw on a capo, change the key, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah it's across the neck of the guitar. So. I think that's so cool. Um, I know a lot of artists obviously have it on their strap, or um, I've seen several that have it across the neck of the guitar. I think that's cool when you personalize it like that. I think it's neat. Yeah, I like that. Um, now. Again, this is going to show my ignorance when it comes to guitars. Does Taylor only make acoustic guitars, or do they make electric guitars as well? Yeah, I think they make all kinds of stuff. I think they make – I don't even think they're they're um, select to just guitars. But I could be wow. wrong. Okay. I have no idea. I, I just know I've seen different things with their name on it. So, um, but. so they're a big player in instruments overall. Yeah, I'd assume so. Yeah, they got to be. Yeah. I know. I Yeah, I mean, I know I've seen like multiple, multiple artists talking up their guitars. So they are definitely huge in the guitar outlet. Um, so good plug for Taylor guitars there on their acoustic guitars. Um, and uh, totally lost my train of thought what I was going to say there, but that is totally fine that you did that. Um, we will uh, give a plug, a shout out to Taylor Guitars there because like you say, like I say, so many artists use their guitars and I mean, if y'all love them, I love them. No shame there. Um, you said that was the first one that you got yourself. You wanted it when you were 17 and you self taught yourself to play. Have you ever taken lessons? No, I never have. Um, I've always, I've always had the urge to play. Um, I've played drums all my life um, since I was, you know, six or seven. My my papa's a, a preacher, and so uh, he's been preaching for the better half of forty years. And um, you know, we have a, a church back in Manchester, our home church, and and uh, my dad always played drums in the church band. And then uh, when his time was over, he, he just kind of, he taught me at a really young age. And um, it just kind of came to me naturally, and I hopped up there and played. 
and, uh, and I still do every Sunday to this day. So, um, but uh, I've always had to urge the, to play, you know, the guitar and, and I've tried and I never, I never could. Um, I just never could. And, but one night me and my dad were hanging out and, um, and I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool, you know, if, you know, before he got here, um, if, if I learned how to, if I just learned how to play. And when he walked in, you know, I'd be playing a song. And so uh, I sat down for a few hours and taught myself. And uh, the first song actually ever, I, I ever pieced together was uh, Jamie Johnson's In Color. So that was the first song. Wow. Um, I, yeah. So, and then uh, I just kind of went from there. I probably went, you know, probably five or six months trying to better myself at it and learning a bunch of different songs and uh, just kind of singing in the living room at my aunt's house to other people. And, and, uh, and then I just, I stopped learning other songs and uh, which is kind of the issue I have when I play out live now is like, because I started writing my own. So, you know, I just, I just kind of went with that and never really stopped. And so, but uh, you know, it just kind of all happened. So. Wow. Now, have you always enjoyed singing or did that come later or did you pick that up from the very beginning as well? You know, I, I always did. There's videos of me, um, obviously not on iPhones, but there's, there's <laughs> videos. My aunt had her old video cameras and, and computer of me singing when I was little, but I don't think it was anything that ever like stirred an interest. Um, probably until, um, probably in high school, probably sophomore year, um, my choir teacher had approached me and one of my buddies about joining the school musical, which at our school, the musical was really um, for like the upperclassmen type of thing. And, um, but you know, he asked me and him uh, at, a, at a younger age, like, hey, you gotta jump in here and do it. And, um, and I, I realized quick, I, don't, I didn't really have the choir voice. It was more of a natural, you know, by ear. But you know, I took a liking to it. Um, and I've always grew up listening to country music. And yeah. I, I probably have 2,000 songs on my phone and any of my friends and uh, my girlfriend could probably vouch for you how annoying it is that there's there's no other genre on there. It's just, kind of, I'm really boxed in to music. So um, it, it kind of, you know, I never really did get up and sing, even in church really, um, until I started writing music. And, um, and then I just kind of learned that you know, I could sing and people liked it and I enjoyed it, and um, and then you know where where are or we are where we are now. So yeah, it's kind of cool. It's just... Yeah, you can almost tell like when an artist has um, an expanded genre um, yeah. by their voice, and you can <coughs> tell that you are like specifically country. <laughs> you have that specific. Not that you couldn't do something else if you wanted to. I firmly believe you could if you wanted to. Um, but you definitely have that country-specific tone to your voice. Um, mm. Like, if you were to sing something pop or something in another genre, somebody would say to you, like, if you went to try out for American Idol and you sang something non-country, I could see Luke Bryan saying, saying to you, hey, Try this Jamie Johnson song. Yeah. You know, because he would yeah. hear that country tone in your voice. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there's been people like to go on American Idol or 
whatever, you know, those type shows and not seeing something country and the judges hear that country tone in their voice, you would be that one. Uh, Morgan Wallen. Yeah, Morgan Wallen did the voice. And um, I think he did, he did some pop stuff. He did like some old rock or something like yeah. that. He I just, missed uh, that. Yeah, and um, but you know that's how, that's how he got big. You know, he did the voice, and but you know he just had that certain he just had that certain gravel in his voice, and and uh, and you can just hear it when he talks that he just you know came from the hills, and so yeah. I mean, that's just well, what he's made for. You know, I mean Noah Thompson is a prime example yeah. of that. I don't know if you watched this past season yeah. of American Idol. But like Noah Thompson is a prime example. My yeah. God, you cannot take that kid out of the country. There's no way. Like, yeah. Oh no. Um, cannot take that kid out of the country. Yeah. But he can. That kid could sing the phone book and it sound country. Uh, exactly. You know, I actually just heard a, a story the other day. I was on. A, it was like a TikTok. It was a podcast, and uh, Luke Combs was on there. And Luke Combs like never. He doesn't really do a whole lot of that kind of stuff, except for like, I think like the Bobby Bones, but that's in Nashville. And so, yeah. But he don't really do a whole lot of stuff outside of Nashville. And, uh, but he was doing this podcast and they, and he said, you know, before he started catching fire on YouTube and, and Vine was a big thing at the time. Yeah. Um, he tried out for um, American Idol or, or one of those types of shows. It, no, it was The Voice. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he obviously, he did a country song and, you know, it's just, how what's what he is i mean i don't think i really don't think he could sing anything else yeah. and, but and they sent him home they they sent him an email and said hey you're just too boring and you'll never you know make it type of deal and it's like he's the biggest thing going right now but like who in the right mind turned Luke yeah. Holmes down i know yeah. it's crazy it is so crazy to look back on like those shows and see people that have made it that got turned down from those shows. I oh, mean, yeah. it's just proof positive that those shows don't make or break everyone. I mean, yes, they give some people the breaks. I mean, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Yes, but they don't make or break everyone. Um, they, they've been the ticket for some people, obviously. I mean, I don't know that um Noah Thompson is a prime example I don't know that precious little Noah I love that kid I don't know that he would have you know made it out of Louisiana Kentucky without American Idol yeah. um I'd like to think he would have but I don't know that he would have without American Idol so you know it's great for kids like that those shows um yeah. But I hate for, then again, on the same token, I hate for people to get wrapped up in those shows thinking that's the only way they can make it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many <laughs> other avenues that that people, you know, like you can make it. You don't have to have those shows to make it big. Yeah. And, and it's almost, which I'm not saying that, you know, these people weren't meant to make it like because I think there's a lot of people out there that try out for those shows that could be the next big thing but you know um like I was saying about Luke Combs they turned him down and it wasn't necessarily a tooting his own horn thing but he was like you know you know I am who I am and we all know who Luke Combs is yeah and he was they turned me down because I was boring you know and and it kind of essentially came down to the fact of you know he didn't have a story you know like 
his entire family didn't get lost in the woods and he was stranded at four years old and he didn't have some, you know, story. And he was like, it essentially kind of came down to ratings and stuff. And, yeah. you know, it is unfortunate. Have that, the look. Yeah. Yeah. Have the look and the story. And it is unfortunate that like those kinds of shows come down to that, but yeah. even though it does come down to that, it does help certain people out. So, you know, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, because I had a friend that I actually, we went with him to American Idol tryouts and like he made it to like the round right before you get to the judges. And that's what a lot of people don't see is there's so many rounds that you have to go through before you ever get to the judges. Yeah. And if oh, you don't have like that heartstrings pulling story, mm -hmm. you're not going to get in front of the judges. Well, um, Actually, if you go through my Instagram feed, there's a picture. I, I went to America's Got Talent a few years yeah. ago. And um, when they give you this, when you get there, because it's just open audition, you can show up. But when you get there, you get this piece of paper. So you put your number down with the sticker they give you. Put your first name, your last name, your genre, what instrument you're playing, what song you're singing. And then it literally is like this. It's a, in paragraph form. It's like there's probably five to seven lines and says, what's your story? Yeah. And I just, you know, I put on there just kind of where I came from, you know. And um, and then I, I went into the room. They take you in like five or six at a time. And um, and I did my thing. You know, they applauded. You know, they, the two people there that were sitting there, which are probably producers, you know, they praised me like, hey, you're good. You know, you know, we'll get back with you. And um, I got two separate emails, like probably a month later. For one, the pandemic started. So that kind mm -hmm. of a lot of stuff and then two i was just kind of told i was generic you know it was just yep you know it's just another thing you know and so you know you just you're like I why didn't i make up a good story <laughs> yeah. yeah but i mean i get it you're not gonna lie but you know it, it almost makes you think like dang why didn't i make up something good that would have been good yeah. for ratings yeah you know that's what it boils down to and yeah. it's it's sad it shouldn't be that way but then again like you kind of get it it's tv it's ratings they want those feel-good stories that are gonna now, i'm not gonna to you. the way home i called my grandparents i'm like hey if i try out again would you guys care to fake your own death like <laughs> but they, they not want to do that yeah 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 maybe not yeah maybe not um let's see mike said Kind of now, LOL, Nashville is real estate for musicians. It's a lot tougher these days than it used to be, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing for up-and-coming musicians. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you're in a, a sea of musicians, you know, thousands and thousands of other people that are essentially just like you are, you have to find that special something that makes you stand out. Yeah. And, you know, what is it about you or your voice or your, your music, your musical abilities that make you stand out in that sea of other people? Yeah. And now, um, you know, um, I, I will say to that, um, I was actually just talking with somebody not long ago about that. Like, I think nowadays, I mean, it used to be, uh, if you were going to think about that kind of, you had to move down there. And, yeah. You know, that's why I think, like, for me, to me, my favorite era of country music was the 90s. But also in the 90s, a lot of people hate it because there's so many just 
like crazy random people that you just never have heard of, like that are just out there making the same exact music. But at that day, you know, it was kind of easy to get discovered because you go down there and they're taking their shot at everything, you know, chewing them up, spitting them out. And, but like nowadays, I think if, if you're catching fire and building a fan base, I think you have to go down there um, more for like the political side of things. Like if you're, if you're growing an audience and you're catching fire, yeah, you go down there, it's, it's only going to help you. And you can be put in a room with, with, with big, bigger folks and the head honchos. But I think getting started and just generally speaking, I think nowadays is, is one of the best times for, for people like, you know, me and, and I, a lot of other people that I, I watch you guys interview. So, cause I think nowadays you can do it from home, you know, you, you, you have yeah. TikTok and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think it helps. And um, especially cause I think back in the day, you know, if you had to go down there and let's use the bluebird, for instance, you know, Garth, Garth, you know, Garth was on the list to sing at Bluebird Cafe, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't make it that night. They said, hey, you know, you're going to be kind of the, the sixth man, you know, on, of the team. Like if somebody gets sick or drops out, we'll bring you in. And that's what happened. And, you know, there was a lot of old heads in the room in suits and they found him and discovered him and took him. But nowadays, it's honestly a lot of younger folks sitting around on their phones going, oh, hey, this guy is popular on TikTok or, hey, this guy's got a good following. And so, yeah. I mean, I think it helps nowadays to have the social media platforms and stuff. So, but Nashville is still a very pivotal part, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, and that's the good thing about social media that I think <clears throat> the pandemic made a lot of people realize. Yeah. That you can literally do this from anywhere you don't have to be in nashville anymore i mean i love nashville i would anybody that knows me knows i would move to nashville in a split second if i could talk my husband into it i would <laughs> oh all my kids are grown gone you know i would move to nashville in a second if i could talk my husband into it but i'm not there yet with him one of these days maybe um i love nashville but you don't have to necessarily be in Nashville all the time. You can be in Ohio. You can be in Canada. You can be in the UK. You can literally be anywhere and develop your following and still be relevant, still be very relevant. Um, whereas, you know, even 10 years ago, it wasn't like that. Even five years ago, it wasn't like that. But yeah. the pandemic kind of fast-forwarded all that, I feel like, mm -hmm. especially where songwriting came in. So many people learned during the pandemic, hey, we can do co-writes virtually. We can even produce. We can, yeah. we can put together an entire album virtually. Like, you don't have to be in Nashville anymore to do any of it. Is no. it preferable? Yes. Everybody still wants to do things more in person. You just... Yeah. You need that energy. Everybody feeds off that energy in person more. But it's still very doable from a virtual standpoint. So, I mean, it's, if anything, I, I choose to take the positive. That is the positive I take out of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. A lot of people realized, and a lot of people made connections. Um, 
socially that way through the pandemic that yeah. they never made before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so did you make new connections throughout the pandemic that way that you had not made previously? Um, when it comes to um, Nashville, in a sense, I've really, um, I've really only been really pushing myself in this last year. So, um, you know, for me, it, it's, it's, it's been a lot of hands-on stuff, um, whether that was, you know, in Nashville, talking to people, um, you know, a lot of stuff was through social media um, to help me out. Um, um, for instance, getting hooked up with, uh, we, last summer we were a stagehand for Tracy Lawrence. And so that was kind of a, that was kind of through a social media, you know, gaze and, um, you know, we, we were able to get up there and do that. And then I made connections up there in person, you know, so um, things like that. But, um, but for me, I've watched, I've watched a ton of people make, make connections throughout the pandemic. Um, you know, writers, a lot of writers that didn't really pull the trigger on going down there and getting in on the writing rooms. And now I, I'm sure it's different, um, you know, when it's, you know, if you live in Nashville and, you know, say there's a few guys that are supposed to, you know, there's a scheduled right and one of them calls off, you know, you're you're probably much rather going to call the dude that lives five minutes down the road than you are to contact some dude from Ohio and say, you know, are you able to get on Zoom or are you able to hurry up and get down here? So, but, you know, I think social media really, um, really is, you know, I, I mean, it obviously has its downs, but I think, uh, but it, it has a lot of ups. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, and I think where, um, let's see, Mike, I record all my stuff in Nashville because it's so close. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're in Nashville or close to Nashville, I obviously think that's the preferred way. But for people, I think more what I was referring to is like people like Cade that's in Ohio or people that are um, outside the United States, like in the UK, people that it's just not feasible for them to get to Nashville. So right. I'm not talking about people that are just right outside Nashville or it's convenient for them to get to Nashville. Um, so that's what I was referring to is like people that it's just not feasible for them to get there. Yeah. Um, and especially during the pan pandemic when you had no choice, it, you know, you couldn't get there. Um, so when everything was forced to be online and you didn't have those options to get downtown um, because it gets expensive driving and flying. Yeah, exactly. Especially cost, you know, when it becomes cost. I, we had just, I know we had just mentioned that, um, you know, obviously I'm sure the, the pandemic and social media in general has helped you know, I mean, like, for instance, you, you look at, um, like, I always think back to the year, like, 2009, 2010. When I was at that age, 10 or 11, there was literally, there was. <laughs> there yeah. Was, um, That's what we're talking about, the $5 and $5 yeah. selling gas. Literally, like, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean. I mean, Kenny Chesney was starting to fall off a little bit, but, like, there was, like, five or six headliner artist and then like all of a sudden nowadays there's 50 you know there's like all kinds yeah. of but I it does probably suck for like, like I said Nashville isn't as important as it used to be when it means like getting down there and making it you can make it from home but for an up-and-comer when you start catching fire you you still have to make the move because you got to get with the right 
team of people and, right. and they, they can't really do much for you over the phone. You know, they got to, yeah. but you know, I, so, but it has helped for sure. I, I do want to go back though. I think uh, Mike asked about a producer. So I record at um, Omni, Omni Sound Studios. It's right there on Music Row, um, just off Broadway. And um, I've worked with two different guys now. I've worked with the same band. Um, uh, I know the lead guitarist, his name is Sam Hunter. He cannot be much older than me. There's no, and he's awesome. He is, he's like the ringleader for the sessions. Um, and behind him on, on acoustics and banjo and lead is uh, Tim Galloway, really cool. Um, uh, Dane, uh, Dane and Gabe, I'm not, I can't remember their last names, but Dane and Gabe are on the keys and piano. And then uh, on the drums, uh, Nathan Sexton, he's, he's a, just, I, I refer to him as Jesus on the drums. He's got this long hair and he's awesome. And, uh, and then the bass player, um, I, I really, it, 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 it's upsetting me that I cannot remember his name. He's really cool too. Um, but I've worked with two different guys, uh, for the mixing and producing, and um, one of them is a kind of a newer guy. He's younger. His name is Josh Emmons. He's really cool. And then the guy that's been down there for a really long time, um, I didn't work with him the first time because I, I was told he, he had just had a kid recently. But um, he, uh, I just worked with him on Monday, and we're going to go back down in a couple weeks um, for uh, vocal sessions. His name is Rory um, Aristotus or Aristotus. He's got a funny last name, but he's, he's really cool. Um, and they do awesome work. I, I could not be more happy um, with, you know, kind of what we're throwing together. So, um, and they're really good too um, about, because they're pretty set in stone with the scheduling and kind of the band getting ready. Because I'm sure these guys are at different studios all day long. And yeah. uh, I had a game plan going in. I, had a, I wrote this song called Get Over This uh, probably three years ago. And uh, so when I was coming up, you know, I have Haven't You Gone and Homegrown. And I had several other songs out. But when I was going back to, down to Nashville, I thought, Get Over This is a song that ever since I wrote it, I've really been wanting to record. So I did that one. And then I had originally planned a few months ago, I had wrote a song. It was it was called a country song, actually. And uh, I, it was upbeat and kind of, you know, in your face. And I really wanted to record it. But then literally two days prior, I had sat down and uh, recovering from the surgery. And I was just kind of playing my guitar. And I had this chorus coming to my head and uh, the song's called I Should Have Known. I wrote this chorus and I, and I took a voice memo of it and I sent it to the studio and said, hey, you know, have the band listen to this if you can or just have Rory or somebody listen to it. And I thought maybe we could scratch the other song and, uh, and, and we loved the new one. And, and I was like, if I get this finished, if I can finish this by tomorrow, um, I'll, I'll take a memo of it, send it to you and we'll just record that one. And it was like the day of recording and I had just finished it. I recorded it, sent it in, and they they just real easy uh, switch, you know, recharted that song, and the band was fine with it. And so they're really easy to work with, really, really awesome people. That makes a difference when you have laid back, easy people to work with that, you know, aren't, I hate to use the word rigid, but aren't like set in stone, like, no, this is what we talked about, this is what we're doing. Yeah, but, like on our plate type of deal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it's your money. It's your project. It's your stuff mm -hmm. that you're putting out there. They should be willing to be yeah. flexible to what you're wanting to do. And I'm not going to lie. We, uh, we paid for a 6 o'clock session, 
And usually a session is about an hour and a half, two hours before they have to move on with the next artist. And uh, I was the last session of the day on Monday. So I just assumed that they would probably kick us out by 7.30 or 8. So when I was telling everybody, hey, I'm going down to Nashville, this is probably what time I'll be back, you know, depending on when we leave, um, because I just assumed. And uh, I mean, we were there at 5.45, we started, and we didn't even leave there till almost 9.30. I mean, they, they just oh, had- wow. They just had so much fun with the songs and, um, and, and they really liked me. And, and so they were just, we had fun bouncing ideas off of each other and just kept, kept adding and adding. And, and so they're, um, I, I really enjoy them guys. They, they, they mean a lot to me now. It's, it's been awesome. So. Well, and that means a lot. And when you develop a relationship with a team like that, and you know that it's not just going to be a one-time deal, you know, you want to work with them in the future and yeah. you kind of, built like a family oh yeah then that really means something yeah and yeah that oh, and for, sure. for sure um i actually i went i took my my he's like my acting manager he's uh, my boss um from work his name is ryan uh he he goes down with me some and and when we got there i told him i said you know we had a really good experience last time and the guys really liked me and they liked my songwriting and and they liked my voice and and, uh, and I thought, I wonder if I'm going to have to refresh them on that. Because you know they work with so many people. Yeah. And got there, everybody that walked through the door came right up to me, gave me a hug. They're like, dude, Kate, how are you? Like, hey, we just listened to one of your songs on the way in. You know, the one guy I said he was listening to Homegrown on the way in. And, and, um, and so it was, it was really cool. Um, it just makes it so much easier. Because, I mean, it's probably really easy for them to be crappy if they wanted to. I'm sure some probably are. So, but yeah. um, it's just, it's a great place to, to work in, uh, at and great people to work with. And so, um, well, I'm sure they deal with crappy artists cause we all know there's some out there. So a lot of it depends on how you go in there and treat them as to how they're going to treat you back. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in you treat somebody with respect and you're going to get respect back. So it all depends on how you treat them, but we should probably let the people know cause they're probably wondering like, why you're not singing um so i apologize people but um Cade actually just had surgery three weeks ago um he thought that he was going to be fully recovered able to sing today um right up until this morning he thought he was going to be able to and he was actually practicing this morning and he cut it down so he was like stacy i can do one song maybe not two and then he was like, mm, maybe we ought to scratch that. And I'm like, look, I don't want you singing at all. Health first. We're not going to worry about it. Because he was determined he was going to at least sing one song. And I was like, no. Mm -mm. I, thought, I thought I would. I, I have, like I said, we have two bigger songs out right now. Um, the one is, is Homegrown. And then uh, the one that's doing really well um, on Spotify, especially right now, is kind of where it's is heated up is uh having you gone and it's on the radio back home here and and all over the place and everybody loves it and i thought well i'll do that one at least and then you know i i was sitting in there they just put me on an antibiotic yesterday because it's it's just been a really rough go and it's like i'm not getting better and so um you know i have a couple bigger shows coming up here in, in the next couple of weeks so i was like you know i called the doctor i'm like hey i gotta i gotta get this out of my system and yeah and you know he was like well i didn't expect you to be he said i probably didn't expect should be too good until i go back on tuesday 
which would be about three and a half weeks. And so, um, but I was sitting there singing it and I thought I could probably do it. And then one, once I got to that chorus, it, it, the notes jump up there and it's kind of, it's kind of like a beer never broke my heart, that kind of song. It, like it really, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some pipes to sing it. And, uh, and my voice kept cracking and I, I just had so much crap in my face and my throat. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll try no, I about it when he was messaging me and I was like, Hey, no, you're not doing it. Like, don't worry about it. No worries. We will have you back on the show when you are fully healthy to sing. Like, your health comes first. You are not doing this. So, no worries, Cade. Um, it, I mean, dude, you just had surgery three weeks ago. I, I don't know why you thought you were going to be, like, fully healthy. That is the problem with you singers. You guys <laughs> expect to be, like, bounce back. I'm ready to go. I remember I had... One other artist, she was having a tonsillectomy done, and she thought, like, in a week she was going to be fine. And I'm like, mm, yeah. no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I really thought I did. I, I thought maybe it was just <laughs> a weekend thing, because I had the surgery on Friday, and I thought, well, surely by Monday, you know. And um, and it turns out that's not the, that's not the case at all, so... You know, doctor wasn't lying when he said probably a month or two before. So he did a lot. I mean, there was a lot that, that he did up in there. So, I mean, um, it really took a, it, it was way different. I thought it was going to be, I, and it was discouraging, but I'm not going to lie to you. We, uh, so starting on literally new years was our first gig. We have every Saturday booked and we're starting to fill up Fridays all year long. We have 52 Saturdays. I think we're sitting at around 20 some Fridays right now. Um, we got a few Sundays in there, a couple Thursdays, Tuesdays. I mean, we got shows all year. And um, so I'm not going to lie. When I realized, hey, like, I'm going to have to take a few weekends off from singing, I wasn't going to complain. Because once you get about six months in, yeah, you're, you're kind of wishing you, you, you really can. Your voice starts straining up and so yeah. It's all right to have a few weekends off. I'm, I'm not going to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, typically, I mean, without the surgery, typically what do you do since, I mean, you're going every weekend. What do you do to maintain the health of your voice? Do you have like a regimen that you do like pre-show or after show that, that you do to help take care of your voice? Yeah. Yes. And no, um, sometimes, you know, there's other places that we sing at, um, you know, we'll, we'll double up at play. Like we'll sing at um, a place called Jimmy B's. We'll sing there, you know, several times throughout the year. And, and, uh, and there's other places that we sing where we kind of get the same crowds where it's like, eh, if I'm a little congested today, they're probably all hammered drunk anyway. They don't care. I mean, you know, it's, we can get by with it, but um, other, other shows where it's like, okay, this is going to be a bigger crowd, a bigger venue. Um, like for instance, we just opened up for uh, Walker Montgomery. Um, yeah. I know you know, Walker, um, and he's such a cool guy. And, uh, and you know, John Michael, um, he just has a whole family full of great singers. And, um, and it was coming up on the, one of the bigger reasons I was having the surgery was I broke my nose. Um, there was kind of a cyst in, that was infected that grew. There was some membrane that was swollen. I was getting sick like every couple of weeks. I was just on antibiotics all the time. And it was making me tired. It was draining me. And, um, and I thought, you know, I hadn't been sick for a few weeks at the time. And I thought, Dude, I know 
that come Friday this week, I'm going to be sick. I was like, I haven't been. I was like, but this is the biggest show of my life so far. I was like, I know. And so, of course, I woke up on Thursday coughing, sneeze. I thought, dude, you got to be kidding. Oh. And, uh, so, but um, it, it turned out just fine. But usually I, I have I have allergy medicine I take on the daily. But usually for bigger shows, um, I, I usually, I try to, I, I adopted a, a thing from Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood actually, she's like, you know, drink a lot of water during the day. Try not to eat too heavy. And uh, right before the show, some plain Lay's um, chips, potato chips, but real salty. Um, yeah. But think something that small, you wouldn't guess, but real salty and saying, and it really helps your throat out. And I'm like, so I started doing that. And, um, and so, and, and you know, what's funny about that, I always didn't know if that was just like her thing, but um, yeah. I go to Nashville to record and the studio has room temperature water laying there. And they have plain Lay's barbecue, or uh, not barbecue, but plain Lay's potato chips. And I'm like, maybe it is the thing, you know? So, um, but there's, you know, I try not to talk a lot too um, the day of the show. Um, I just try to let my voice naturally clear out during the day. And, but, uh, you know, I, usually I start the day off by freaking out. That's usually what I do. I get, <laughs> my voice is going to crack tonight. I'm going to have an asthma attack or something, you know, I but um, but no, usually usually it's all a lot of overthinking, and it usually is fine. So um. <laughs> okay, well I have to tell you a story that goes along with Walker. Oh yeah, you opened up with Walker. All right, this is my most embarrassing moment of Route sixty six's existence to date. All right, we all know who Walker Montgomery is now. Yeah. All right. I had had, I emphasize the word had, I had this thing that I don't Google my artists coming on the show previous to them coming on the show because I generically wanted to get to know them yeah. on the show. You know, I typically did not get a whole lot of information about artists prior to them coming on the show other than what was sent to me because I just wanted to generically get to know who they were. Yeah. Because if they were related to someone famous, I didn't want to get to know them as whoever they were related to. I wanted to get to know them for them. So prior to Walker coming on the show, I had no idea. Really? That he was that Walker Montgomery. I had no clue. I'm telling you, I, we, we had a conversation um, the day I opened up for him, his bus pulled in. And um, I'll go ahead and tell you this. Um, it, it's almost like, I feel like, now to me, you don't have to make it to succeed. I, I think, you know, as long as you're enjoying it and you don't even have to be making money from it. As long as you're enjoying it, that's success to me. And yeah. uh, enjoying it right now. We, uh, you know, but I told Walker, um, I said, it, it's almost like I was made to have some sort of success with all this or to, you know, to really chase a dream because I had discovered him. I know he's 23 now. He was probably 19 at the time. Um, he, had, he had come out with this EP um, right after he had just got signed to his first you know, major label. And, uh, and it was, it, it was um, I can't remember the name of the EP, but one of the songs on there was, um, It Ain't Just a Truck. 
Yeah. And uh, I had discovered him randomly um, one day on every, every Friday. Like tonight at midnight, I will go to Apple Music. I will go to Browse by Category. I will go to Country. And I will go look at the, all the new songs that are coming out. Yeah. Um, Luke Combs, for instance, is coming out tomorrow. And um, I, had, I had found this Country Risers playlist. And Walker Montgomery happened to be on there. Now, he sounded familiar, like not necessarily f familiar, but it sounded like, like, wow, this sounds like somebody and you know, that I've listened to and, um, and really good. And I, when I looked him up, it just so happened it was John Michael Montgomery's boy. And I was like, wow, like, you know, it, it's, you know, he's great. And yeah. um, literally four years later, you know, I've, I've had big shows before. Um, there's a show in Maysville, Kentucky, not far from Walker's hometown. Um, it's called the pig out in Maysville. And uh, last year we did that. And there are probably 3000 people. There it was it just energy was crazy through the roof. But to me, that was just a bunch of strangers. This Walker show, you know, he was coming through town doing a hometown show needed an opener. A lot of people are going to be there. I got a phone call like, Hey, and I was like, absolutely. And I told Walker, I discovered you like four years ago on my own, had no idea who you were until I eventually looked you up. And I'm like, and now here I am, here I am opening up for you. This is like my, my first big show ever, and it's you. I'm yeah. like, it was like it all came full circle. It was so cool. Um, and then yeah. we're getting to, on July 12th, we're getting ready to open up uh, for uh, Little Texas. So that'll be, um, that'll be awesome. I, I've, been, uh. I've been listening to them ever since I agreed to that because um, they have so many good songs. So that, that'll be fun. Um, and then, you know, through, through doing this stuff, I've got some pretty cool phone numbers, um, that, that, you know, um, that guys are also, you know, not only in, they in charge of this artist, but they kind of do their own thing on the side, you know, production management and stuff. And, and they're going to try to get me some shows hopefully in the future. So, you know, it, it's cool. You just never know. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You never know, like who's going to see you, who's going to hear you, what kind of doors that's going to open for you. And, you know, doing shows, opening for people like Walker or for a Little Texas, you don't know who's going to be at that show that might see you that opens another door yeah. and so on and so on. And you just... And, and you for know. me, I, I'm just overwhelmed because I was just telling Ryan the other day, um, I said, we, we really started having a conversation. Like, to me it's taken this long because I, I've been, I played, I taught myself guitar senior year coming out of senior year of high school. And I had little CDs that I had made. Um, I recorded with a guy from a church. He had like a garage, this little garage shed thing. And we recorded in there and it sounded like crap, but it was cool to me. But like, I really only, I, I just got a band last summer. Um, actually a month ago, I just had a memory pop up. Um, uh, the other day it's it's just now been a year that i've actually had a band that i got hooked up with the guys that play with me and um it, it's only been a year i just got to nashville in october so really it's been like eight months that i've had nashville sounding songs um you know professional sound of music having some sort of experience and actually getting because i'm an old soul at heart and i i i've fought that for a long time um, but I'll, I'll quit denying it anymore. I'm like an 80 year old when it comes to technology, <laughs> social media, could not tell you how to make a TikTok. Um, I, you know, sometimes I sit around 
and I just look around on TikTok. I'm like, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But, um, but it's only been like eight months that I've had good sounding songs and pushing it on social media and, you know, getting, you know, people like your guys' attention and, and the radio and, and all these other guys. And it's like, I've had awesome accomplishments. Yeah. Um, great stuff that I've gotten to do over the last, you know, eight months to a year. So to me, it's all snowballed really fast. And I'm a firm believer in, like, you can fall back, but the, the mountaintop that you built you know, or created or reached is always going to be there, even though, even if you fall back down. But, like, to me, you can always get better, and there's always that chance that you can't. So, like, to me, it's like I got to really make the most of it because in another year, do I want to say what happened? Or I could be like, hey, like – stuff starting to open up more you know there's a lot more you know like where could we be at in another year um and it ne like i said it never really hit me until the other day um that i thought you know i've really only been doing this and, and really pushing it um professionally for eight months maybe a year because um, i was just kind of doing the normal going around to little restaurants and little bars you know you know I'm 18 19 years old going hey I know I'm not old enough to get in, but I can sing pretty good. You know, if you just let me come in and, you know, this, so, but, you know, just by myself, but and now I've got a band and, and, and stuff. And they've really helped me because, you know, the band that I got hooked up with, they already kind of had a following. And um, so, you know, they kind of, they do their own thing, but they let me get up there and do mine. You know, I have a whole hour, hour, hour and a half show that I do, um, you know, and so, you know, I'm helping them. They're helping me a lot. So it's it's kind of snowballed really quick, and I'm just so happy with with where we're at and kind of you know where we you know looking forward where we could be. So it's yeah, it's an awesome thing. Well, and I mean, homegrown and um, having you gone are doing great. I mean, the two songs that you have out, I freaking love them. I think they're great songs. So I know you just went to Nashville. How many? What have you got coming up music-wise, project-wise? Are we looking at more singles coming out? Are you working on a full EP, album? What's in the works for you? What can we look forward to coming up? So we just went down Monday, um, and I recorded a, a few more songs. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm kind of going to let um, – I, I definitely learned from the last time because – you know, trying to choose between what do I want to release and which one do I want to wait. And and it sucks because the one that should That's wait is usually probably the one that you know is going to do the best. But, you know, you always want to get the best one out there right off the bat. And uh, so then it challenges me to, well, because nobody helps me write. I, I'm, my aunt has helped me. Um, Having You Gone actually is one of the only songs me and a friend wrote. I was sitting at her house. And uh, we were just kind of talking about breakups and um, we were sitting there in a room and just started writing and that kind of came out. And, uh, but I've wrote a lot of songs, um, homegrown. I wrote in probably 30 minutes by myself. And, uh, but like all these songs I'm writing. So it challenges me to, okay, well, if this song did really well, like I wish I would have, I wish having you gone would have, I would have waited to drop that one, but I dropped that one first and it's like, okay, well I should, now, now it challenges me to write the same caliber type of song, like 
neither one of them is going to be different. Now, sure, people are going to relate to one more than the other, but, you know, I want the same type of caliber of a, of a song to where it doesn't matter which one I can come out with. And uh, so you can learn from it, but I'm, I'm going to drop more uh, singles. And okay. uh, I think I'm going to wait longer. Like I said, you, you learn from past experiences. I'm going to wait a little longer, I think, in between the two because um, – Homegrown to me is such a good song and it's so country and I love it, but it's, it's kind of, it's not reaching its potential because having you gone is still kicking butt. Like I came out March 4th and people are still, you know, recording videos. They'll be in their car and the radio will play it and they'll be like, wow, dude, this song's great. Or, you know, I'll, I'll see, um, I'll see. I mean, I, I look at my numbers. I have apps that tell me my numbers and, you know, on a weekly basis, um, like this past week so far, in just five days since Sunday, having you gone has been out longer. Like Homegrown's newer, but Homegrown's only streamed like 80 times compared to having you gone is all over the place. It's it's streamed a couple hundred times, and yeah. uh, throughout the week. So it's like, you know, I, I mean, at some point you got to pull the trigger on the newer song. But like, I'm I'm like, man, I wish I'd wait a little longer, let it run its course some more. That way, more people would have been open. To homegrown but um i'm still really happy with both of them so yeah. um, but no we there there's two for sure um uh called get over this and then the other one like i said was it's it's a week old today i, I wrote it last week and uh randomly threw it on on the band said hey i'm going to change this up on you i want to record this one it's called i should have known and um um that I, I they'll be great i think everybody will like them um i'll start teasing them pretty soon on Instagram and TikTok, so I've been trying to work out a, a game plan for those. But uh, I, I'm happy to explain. Um, you know, get over this. Is your typical breakup song? Um, you know, it, it talks about um, the idea spurred it from. I sat down in a vehicle one day after it was after a breakup had happened, and there's a there's a picture on the dashboard, a Polaroid picture, and uh, you know, it's one of them deals where you think you got rid of every memory, and then it's the little one that gets you. It's like, ah, you know, so, you know, the song says, you know, when I look at that dashboard picture and I pull the road me there with her on. So, I mean, that song came from that. It's, it's your typical breakup song. And then I should have known is uh, if you've ever been cheated on anybody out there that watches this, if you've ever been cheated on, it's, I'm telling you, it's, uh, I'm so happy with how that one came out. It's just, it's a, it's another breakup song, but, um, it's, it's cool because they both correlate, uh, together, you know, it's the breakup thing and it's kind of a slow jam. Each one of them are, are slower. And, um, like I said, you know, the last two that we came out with were both upbeat, yeah. both, you know, kind of in your face, you know, kind of rock country. Blowing it down. These, yeah. And these two are, are your typical, um, you know, if I ever were to blow up on TikTok from a song. It's going to have to be one of these ones because it seems to me none of the happy songs make it. You have to, you have to be heartbroken, ball your eyes out to, to, mm -hmm. to get a song. So um, I think that a lot of people will be able to relate to these new ones coming out. And um, I, I'm just so – I, I want to come out with them right now. I'm so anxious. Um, but, you know, I got to see. I got to hype them up first. I'm going to try to reach some goals on social media first before we do anything. But I'm going to start teasing them pretty soon. So, yeah. And to make awesome. sure everybody out there can can like it, comment, share it, you know, do whatever they can with it. So, some pre-stay goals. Yeah.
I like that. Yeah, I noticed um, uh, one of the artists, um, I don't know if he does this with all of his singles uh, or not, but he's like, he has pre-save goals that he wants met before he will release his songs. Yeah. <laughs> challenges his, he challenges his fans like, all right, when I have yeah. such and such pre-saves, I'll release it. So yeah. like, it's up to y'all when it gets it's released. So fun. Like, bring that wow. up. Brutal. Yeah. Like, and it's it, a good song. And I'm like, dude, I want this song out now. Like I can only pre-save it one time. Why are you punishing me? I, well, I think Walker actually has one that he just posted the other day that um, that he, he teased like a month and a half ago, and I already know all the words to it, and I'm ticked. I'm like, dude, you've got to come out with it. But yeah. um, it's funny that you bring that up because I just said that the other day. Um, that actually is one of the more painful characteristics of, like I said, I'm an old soul. I have no idea how to do that. So. <laughs> to figure that out this time around i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go get a hold of the nashville guys i'm gonna i'm gonna figure out how to do that so i'm, I'm gonna do the pre-save thing um because i i have no I, i'm i'm lucky enough i figured out how to log into this to, this morning and post stories so because i'm real Look, i feel your pain i yeah. feel i am so technically inept it's not even funny like yeah. That's, that's why I don't do TikTok. I mean, uh, I don't just follow yeah. people, but yeah. I'm telling you, it's if I had a good job, I would, I would definitely consider hiring somebody to do that. But unfortunately, that's right. not how to figure it out. But I, I have, I have cousins. Um, I have cousins that that are good at it. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, my. My my real, I mean, I, I work, um, my boss, like I said, is kind of my active manager. I work at a funeral home. But um, but my job that I have, uh, my main my main gist um, that I'm going to school for um, is, you know, teaching. I want to be a teacher, you know, um, if the music thing, you know, if nothing comes out of it. I want to be a teacher. So I've been a substitute teacher. And so, you know, I do high school. So all them kids are all about TikTok. And I'm like, hey, oh, yeah. you're a son today. Yeah, yeah. That's your assignment today is teach me how to use freaking TikTok. <laughs> so, all right, I didn't know that about yeah. you. Okay, yeah, so work at a funeral home. Oh my God, what do you do at a funeral home? Everything. Oh, all right, <laughs> yeah. that's just creepy. Not not everything. He'll vouch. There's certain stuff that I, I'm not. I'm. It's not my cup of tea, and I leave. I I don't do it. I but, mean, somebody's got to well, do it. If you ask him, if you ask him, I don't do anything, but, but, <laughs> but I do, um, I help out as much as I can. So, well, I mean, mad respect to you because somebody has to do that. Somebody has to do it. So mad respect to you for that, but I could not do it. Um, but you want to get, you're going to school for a teacher. That's awesome. What do you want? And high school kids, God, you got some, parents, dude. Oh, <laughs> What do you, you know, I'm I'm younger, so to me they relate more. Um, it's easier. I, I found it was easier to get them to listen to me because, you know, I'm I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm only 21 years old. You know, and yeah, you can be a cool teacher. Yeah, I'm the cool guy, so we can sit and and talk sports and still get stuff done. So yeah. you know, to me it was easier to relate to them and for them to relate to me because you know all the old guys they can't stay. Well, they're too strict and. So for yes. me, 
me, I had no issue doing, you know, junior high, high school. It came easy. Um, I cannot do the little – that's where my patience runs. I have a, I have a few long, <laughs> and, um, and I can't – I wouldn't be able to do little kids. I'd probably – Me either. Yeah. I'd be the one sent to the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd bring the paddle back. That's what I'd do. Yes. Yes, that would be the first thing I'd do. Let's yeah. bring the paddle back. Yes. Yeah. That tells my age, because I went to school when paddling was allowed, and I think it should be brought back. That is the problem. Yes. You know, we, uh, it actually ain't been gone that long. When I thought about it, my, my boss said that he's never lived through the paddle days, and he's 30. And, uh, and I told him, that's weird, because I was in, you know, I'm 21. I was in, when we moved, I was in the old school, and they built the new school, and we moved up the hill to the new one. And, um, and I, they did that when I was going into second grade. I can remember second and third grade. Oh, there was a kid. His name was Austin and, um, and, and our class. And I can, I can hear him getting hit through the hallway. Still, oh, yeah. I lived through the paddle days. I was 10 years old. I can remember, I can remember him getting lit up about every other day from, by the assistant principal. So, oh, I got I, it. I, got oh. it. I was one of those kids that had to write essays and get paddled. <laughs> I never got it, luckily. I never did. I probably could have used it a couple times. But... Oh, I, got, I was a Maldi kid. I admit it. I was a Maldi kid. I, yeah, I was, I was bad. Not that I was bad. I was just Maldi. So, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't bad, and I wasn't necessarily Maldi. I, I just, I was one of those kids. I'm sure you see this meme everywhere of, hey, teach, it don't matter what seat you move me to. I'm close with everybody. You know, I, I talk to everybody. So I was just one of them kids that I just couldn't help. But, uh, and I was also one of those kids that didn't care to cheat out loud, like, like during a test, 100%. I, was, I, I didn't care how close the teacher was to me. I was trying everything in my ability to pass that class. So I was always leaning over going, hey, hey, Noah, or, you know, hey, Avery, like, hey, what's the answer? So I was definitely one of those. I didn't, I didn't have a quiet voice, but um, – well, I wasn't that kid. I was the kid that the teacher had to tell five times to be quiet. Yeah. I still wasn't quiet. Yeah. And when she would tell me, like, Stacy, I told you to be quiet. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. but why? I'm not talking. Or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, I'd have some smart comment back. That kind of kid. That was. Oh, the I, yeah, I get what yeah. you mean. Or when we got caught skipping school and the principal told me to write an essay, a 500 word essay on why I should not skip school. I said, well, it would be a lot easier if I could write an essay on why I should skip school. <laughs> he said, okay, you get to do both. And now you get a paddling too. Because he was just going to paddle the guys and not the girls. And we had to write an essay. And because of that smart comment, I got two essays and a paddling. Hey, I just got detention. And I could have just kept my mouth shut and I'd yeah. have one essay and that was it. But no. I get what you mean. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's me. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. So what, Um, I think I asked you, but maybe you didn't. Um. I don't know if you answered in my talking that I tend to do a lot of, 
maybe I missed, what is it that you want to teach these high schoolers? History. History. Oh, okay. Is my, uh, every time I tell people that, they're like, boo, you're boring. But like I said, wow. I'm that. That's super oh, yeah. Um, like I said, I'm an old soul um, at heart. And that was always like, that was the class every day that everybody hated going to and fell asleep during. But I love, I, I loved it. Um, plus, I suck at math. Science is really cool. But you know, I got good grades, but I never cared. But history, I'm like, you know, that's something that, like I said, if, if that's gonna, to me, if you, if, if you have a job, your life sucks. You know what I'm saying? You don't want a job. You don't want to go to work. You want to go enjoy your day. You want to do something like, so um, I just love talking history. I love talking, um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be like war or not. Like I like talking to my papa about cars, old cars. And I just like talking about everything in the past. It's, it's so fun. And so, you know, history to me, uh, we always did have one teacher. I'm going to switch rooms on you because my phone's going to die for some reason. But um, uh, we always have one teacher in history that, you know, he um, he he really started, you know, to him, history wasn't just about the Civil War and it wasn't about, you know, all that junk. It, you know, he would he would talk sports. He would talk yeah. about, you know, the history of sports or the history of yeah. music. And so, you know, so, you know, in the middle of having to do all your Common Core stuff, Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would teach, you know, stuff because you have to have a certain amount of assignments during the year, a certain amount of grades. So he would give us, you know, our main grades would be over the, the textbook. But, you know, the side stuff to keep us interested that year, we talk history or, you know, sports and stuff like that. So I always thought that's what I'm going to do, you know. And, yeah. Uh, unless, unless, you know, the music thing worked out for me. So and uh, but so that's that's what I, I'm going to school for now. You know, awesome. Well, I love that. Um, I don't think you should necessarily have a backup plan per se, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with a college education. I think everybody should have further education. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Pocket all the education you can get. There's uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I love that you want to pass it on to our coming generations. I love that. So, um, Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing with us um, everything that you've got going on. I definitely look forward to future music coming from you, and we will definitely have you back on the show when you are fully healed and can sing live for us. Um, but until then, everybody, make sure y'all go to Spotify, Apple, wherever it is that you listen to music. Kate has two songs out right now. Homegrown and having you gone, y'all make sure that you download, stream, follow, all that good stuff. Make sure you go follow Cade on socials if you haven't already. So you are ready to just follow him and catch all the news when he has the new singles ready to drop. The new singles, get over this and I should have known. We don't know when, we don't know what order, but make sure you follow Cade and you'll know when I know. All right. Kate, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here going through all these comments I, I'm seeing now. And uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's one, two, three, four. Thank all of you guys for following me. And, and uh, make sure when you stream it, get on there and share it. And if you follow me, um, you know, post it on your story, tag me, and I'll give you a shout out. And, uh, and you know, I'm not one of those 
guys, you can text me all you want. I, I like talking to people too. I know there's a lot of guys out there that are too busy, but I, I like, I like talking music with people. And, and um, so, you know, I appreciate you having me and I appreciate everybody on here. So uh, that's awesome. So hey, I appreciate it, Stacey. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And everybody that has joined us live and watched, tried to keep up with everybody's questions, but if I missed anyone's, I'm so sorry. Y'all know as soon as I post this, anything that y'all posted in the comments will disappear. So as soon as I post this, if I missed anybody's questions, be sure to post it in the comments when I post this. 